Welcome back to the Bucks Rugby Pod. This week we visited the captain's bar with James Cherry, whose Nottingham side became the first team to secure a try bonus point up at Durham since we returned from COVID. The promoted side caused chaos with wins in their opening two games, but now they're facing BSR's toughest run of fixtures. Enjoy! We're going to put some of that media training to the test. Joining us is the captain of Nottingham Uni, James Cherry. How's things, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me on. It's an interesting start to the season you've had. Did you expect to start as well as you had? Uh, I think somewhat, yeah. Uh, we had a really good pre-season, uh, some good fixtures against Bristol and NTU. And then just, you know, built into those Beckett and Swansea games, real confidence around the team. Uh, obviously, a few standout performers in both of those games, which was great. Uh, boys that, you know, have been at, at UN for a long time. And yeah, to get those two wins was awesome. Uh bit of a crash back to reality after playing Loughborough and Durham, two of those kind of bigger sides in the league. But we're on to, on to Cardiff Met this week, which is going to be another massive challenge. Right, that media training has kicked in straight away. He's <laughs> 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 been on the call for 20 minutes, chatting away, hands behind his head. Right then, mate, we're going to start. And he's straight into that serious face. Oh, t- <laughs> start against the boys. <laughs> Griff, see if you can pick him apart a little bit. Uh, well, well, we'll start with the formalities and then I'm sure we'll get him a bit looser by the end. But how, how different is it to play in Buck Super Rugby compared to uh, the National uh, North League number one last year? Yeah, um, it is really different. So biggest thing that I've spoken about a lot is physicality. Uh, and also just the speed of ball, like teams will just kill you in the breakdown if you, um, you know, you're trying to jackal too much, if you're trying to um, make a nuisance of yourself there. Refs are a lot quicker on those sort of things as well. Um, having two ARs every game as well, testing you on the offsides. It's just a, a real step up of intensity. Um, and, you know, off that first question, talking about probably the differences between those teams in the bottom half of the table and the top. When we are up at Durham, you know, almost every collision, you're taking a backward step, you give, you know, the wingers up there a little bit of space and around you in the corner. So it's definitely challenging our systems a lot more and our our um our players. But it's, you know, there's some good stuff there as well. I mean, that league below is really, really strong. Uh, we had some battles last year with the likes of Newcastle and Nottingham Trent, who I think at the moment are both poised at the top of that table to, to push up to BSR next year, hopefully. So, yeah, it's good, mate. But it's a good league. And you know, I'll tell you what, BSR, it's good fun as well. Can't be too disappointed with two wins on the bounce beating that uh, Northumbria record straight away. But have you seen the run of fixtures you've got coming up, lad? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I saw it coming the second the fixtures came out. I spoke to, to Burnsy a bit about it in my interview at the media day, but I mean, it doesn't get much harder. You've, you've arguably got the teams that pre-season I probably thought were going to be the four strongest teams in the league in Loughborough, Durham, Extra and Met, and you've got three of them away, um, including, you know, the Met Ultras who I'm sure are looking forward to, to welcoming us very kindly um, on Wednesday. But <laughs> the stress mate, it's the nature face. of the league. Yeah, the stress is real, mate. It's, I've heard King Coyd is a, it's a good place to play rugby. I've, I've quote-unquote hardest place to play in English rugby. So that's um, credit to the, the Met club as a whole, as well as the first team that I'm sure are going to make it hard for us on the pitch. Um, but yeah, you know, like you say, it is also take it a game at a time. I mean... Um, I someone told me on Wednesday that apparently we're the first team to score a try bonus point up at Durham post-COVID. And I think if you'd have said that, you know, on Nottingham, we're going to come up and go up to Durham and put 33 points on them, you'd have probably been, you know, laughing your head off. I think 
what were the score predictions last week? 40-10 or 38-5 or something like that. So the fact yeah, we were who made those, those predictions? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who made those predictions, but some some blokes on the podcast thought we were going to get battered. And oh. Admittedly, it, it probably wasn't our, our best performance and that we left a lot out there. But at the same time, you know, immensely proud of the lads to go up there and, you know, be leading at Durham at halftime is, is no mean feat. But, um, yeah, certainly looking like holistically at the season, we've got this tough run and then we've got, you know, the likes of, Bath and I think Hartbury at home in November, uh, which, you know, obviously looking at those two games as, you know, games we need to target to win. And then Cardiff away, obviously a bit of a, a dark horse team this year, Cardiff, winning those three on the bounce and then, uh, what, what was it, losing on Wednesday. So we'll see how, they, how they're looking by the time we get around to them. But it's exciting, mate, really exciting time for Nottingham. How important then was it to win those first two games? Because arguably, when we look at the league now, two of the, I guess, easier games. I If the results go the other way, though, you're looking as if you're down the bottom with Swansea and Beckett as well. But those two games in particular were ones you had to win. Yeah, we spoke a lot about pre-season that we needed to win those first two games because, I mean, we were anticipating this kind of run of four of being almost like unachievable to win. I mean, now we're kind of looking at, you know, extra at home. That's a long, long drive. Met away, obviously, after interesting result in the Cardiff clash where they probably were the better team but came out on the wrong side and you know lost to extra in week three and thinking oh maybe we could give them a good a good run for their money so to speak but you know originally we kind of thought oh we could end up being two wins four losses in six games if we don't win those first two games and we're we're 0-6 going into you know the second half of that first block it's really it would have been dark times I think so getting those first two wins was massive for the lads and it's something we spoke about all pre-season it was important to do I think the first 30 minutes against Leeds Beckett probably showed how much we knew it was important because everyone was just so nervous and we knew how important that game was going to be. But then when we settled down and got that result, I think a lot of confidence was taken from it, which we built into Swansea. Um, and, you know, Swansea are no, no chumps. That is a good Swansea team this year. I think at St Helens, they're going to be hard to beat. But I think the long bus journey, it was miserable. Uh, that Wednesday and I think they, they didn't really get off the bus against us and, and we actually credit to our boys putting a really good performance. You mentioned a little bit earlier on about how look, those games are going to be tough. They'd be tough for any team in the league but we spoke about the rotation of perhaps some of the bigger teams getting more players pulled away. Spoke about war boys getting called up for Bath um, this weekend. Do you think you can capitalise maybe on those bigger teams losing a few more players than yourselves? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we're somewhat very fortunate and somewhat unfortunate to only have um, a few boys that are kind of with uh, premiership clubs. We had a uh, big Rob who you spoke about a few weeks ago, uh, who's with Tigers. Uh, and then we've also got our, our fly half, Jamie Anand, and one of our props, Fred Martar, affiliated with uh, Wasps and Gloucester respectively. So obviously our, our thoughts with Wasps at the moment and, and Jamie, he's having a bit of a, he's had a rough week or so. Um, but luckily those boys, because they're both very young, uh, don't get called away. Uh, Rob obviously getting called away this week wasn't ideal for Durham, but, you know, we have to, to make do with that. And we've got to support Rob as well. I mean, he's a really exciting talent and, and watching him get to run out. Um, I think he got his first Tigers appearance up at uh, Sale a month or so ago. So that was obviously awesome for him and, and the whole club and all the lads were super proud. But yeah, mate, like you say, I mean, going down to Cardiff this week on a, another Prem Cup week, not ideal. Obviously, I don't know how many of those boys get pulled away for for a representative duty. But it is interesting. And I think later on in the year, like you, you talk about war boys, I think we do get a bath on a Prem Cup week. 
I think we might get Hartbury on a Prem Cup week as well, a few of those boys going to Gloucester. So, you know, we take that as an opportunity, definitely. Um, if we can be full strength on a week that another team loses five, six, seven players, then obviously that's always going to get all the lads excited and, and you know, hungry to try and put them to the sword. Yeah, do you think this year then, looking at how many people are now looking at Buck Super Rugby, we saw Austin Healy mention it on the BT Sports uh, this week, the players getting selected for the Prem Cup. Do you think there's maybe an advantage to the to the Welsh teams? Because there's less players involved in uh, the bigger competitions. There's not as many with the Ospreys, Scarlets and Cardiff, etc. Uh, yeah, I think definitely in, in some aspects. Um, do you know if... Uh... A few of their boys are, though, because I looked at the Met team this week and I saw their captain wasn't playing a few of the other boys. But is that, do a few of them get called away or is it just kind ah, of he's fishing. Or something? He's fishing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the change in tone of voice. Yeah, no, do you know if, like, uh, any Yeah, just wondering. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, obviously, we're at a disadvantage. And also, you know, if you look at the bigger teams, I mean, the likes of Loughborough, Exeter, you know, I mean, Exeter losing week one to Hartbury because they had something like seven of their starters pulled out. Bath losing to Cardiff with similar issues. It is um, something I think the Welsh teams probably do look to utilise. But I think also they they suffer with other disadvantages. Obviously, a lot of the the English population being a bit bigger, English universities having more students on campuses, it being a lot harder to pull those English players into Wales to get them to join, you know, obviously Cardiff, Cardiff, Met, Swansea. So, you know, I, I think the the advantages are even out as well. And you can also say that some of those premiership clubs, like the likes of Leicester, Sarries, you know, maybe push some of their senior academy boards towards the likes of Loughborough because they know that that's going to be a good place for them to develop. And, you know, so kind of it's all, you know, it's a it's very mutual relationship for the universities and the clubs. But I mean, yeah, the, I'm sure those Welsh boys love it when they get, um, you know, a Loughborough and Exeter on a Prem Cup week and see suddenly, you know, your Ollie Leatherbarrows, you know, your Alex Waddells, your whatever, your... You know, those boys, Dan John, will end up going off to play for Chiefs and Saris and whatnot. And suddenly you're looking at a much changed team. But at the same time, you know, like you say, a few of them are linked with Scarlet's, Ospreys. You get a few injuries and any team on any week can um, kind of be left with uh, a weakened squad, as we found out this week up at Durham. Yeah, you mentioned there the, the seven extra boys missing from the team that opening weekend. It was a bad result for them. But that's something a lot of people who watch Buck Super Rugby and maybe catch up with the results on Twitter might miss is the fact that it's not a full strength Exeter. Although on the other hand, that is one of the biggest reasons why it's such a good development league because those players do get the chance to step up and actually show what they're made of. Do you think overall it is an advantage that those boys do have the university set up, but they are linked to the bigger clubs? hundred percent. I mean, on a, on a lesser extent, a few of the boys at uh, Nottingham, including myself, are linked with Nottingham rugby in the championship. And I mean, for me personally, that was awesome because it meant that I uh, did pre-season with those boys um, from, I think it was kind of start of July all the way to, to mid-August when the university pre-season kicked off. And I mean, it just meant I came into university pre-season, two games under my belt, fitness, um, you know, and just raring to go. And that's all credit to the boys at Knott's. We have a few other lads who train with them, Lewis Barrett, one of our other back rowers and, and Rob Carmichael, who is somewhat dual registered with Leicester Tigers and Nottingham Rugby. But, mate, I think it's fantastic. I think the way that BSR is trending with kind of, like you say, uh, the professional game, looking a lot more at the players, seeing lads like your Henry Lavins, your Alfie Garsides being looked at by Saints in the Prem Cup. Um, you know, it just it, it shows the way that BSR is going. Uh, and I think also it's great, like you say, the other way around, because then if you are a, 
you know, kind of young 19, 20 year old, uh, say, you know, a premiership club, you're not getting game time in the premiership. You only get, you know, whatever it is, four, five, six Prem Cup games a year. You know, the best way to develop your game in rugby is by playing every week. So the fact that those boys can come to a university set up, play in a league that is not only providing a really high standard of rugby, but also giving them some other kind of traits that you may not get if you're not playing, you know, dealing with a, a harsh crowd, for example, dealing with the media side of things, things that they're going to need for their professional career. I think the fact that BSR can offer that alongside, you know, 10 universities, a lot of which are in Russell Group, a lot of which, you know, I mean, you've got three of the best universities in Wales in there. I mean, it's just an awesome, awesome tool to have as a young player kind of going through that professional setup. Do you then think that it's a good idea then to try and merge the academies with the universities going into the future as a Austin Healy suggested? Oh, mate, to be fair, I am... Um... I had a chat with one of my mates and I was saying it'd be quite cool if they almost went full America with it and you kind of, all the boys went to uni and you had like a draft after three years sort of thing where you're taking those top players out of the university set up to, um, to the uh, premiership. But no, I, I think that's a bit of a fantasy. What I think would be good is like you say, um, there's a, some sort of system where maybe, you know, a premiership team is encouraged to have two or three boys out of university on their books um, the boys in the academies are really encouraged and pushed towards the university pathway as well. Um, and I think that'll, you know, not only be better for their development, but also better for the uni game. Uh, you know, having more talented players in BSR and in different university systems is only going to make that better. Um, and I think there's definitely, you know, as time goes on, there's definitely going to be the appetite for that, but we'll just have to wait and see. I'd be all for back super rugby draft yeah mate, year, that'd mate. Be class. that would be quality <laughs> lad and yeah it'd be awesome mate. and like you know they do um i, I live at university with through the american football team and we, they always talk to me about you know the similarities and differences and one thing they suggested which i would love to see is in america they run this thing called the ipp which basically means like each nfl team has to have like two people from outside of america on their books for two years and give them a chance to develop in america and and normally, that you know, you see some really good athletes going out there. I think one of the University of Nottingham boys is actually out there currently playing for the, the Jaguars, which is, you know, mental. But, you know, it'd be really good. You know, those, you know, kind of bigger names in BSR last year, uh, Will Yarnell, Tom Hitchcock, um, Fred Davies, um, trying to think who else, Loughborough, you know, Teddy Leatherbarrow, boys like that when they finish off. If instead of, you know, maybe dropping down into Nat 1, Nat 2, the bottom end of the championship, and, you know, kind of being there. Imagine how good it would be if they then got one or two years in a premiership setup to develop, you know, play some of that Prem Cup and, and also just bring in, you know, the experience of that BSR to a premiership environment. Talk to those young boys just out of the junior academy about what that's like. Help them out, maybe. You know, I think it would just be a great idea, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, this is a question I've just picked up off the back of uh, what you said there. That if you were to do... Uh a Buck Super Rugby draft at the end of uh, of last season for say, who would be your first pick? Oh, gosh. Um, it would be a toss-up. It's pretty hard to look past, obviously, Fred, winning like Fred Davies, winning Player of the Year, being the captain of the team that won the league, hooker as well, need a good hooker. But I think just now, after personal experience, I'd pick Charlie Tickham. Playing him down at Loughborough was a proper experience they're a good outfit Tobias Monday their captain um, it was my opposite man on the day had an absolute stormer 
But yeah, Tits, um, he just kicked us to death. And in the modern game with all the 50-22s, the penalties for the corners, kicking for sticks, I mean, he just, he's got it all um, proper class player. And I think he was a fresher or second year last year and he was picked to start for England students at 10. So he's only going to get better and better. So if I was drafting, I think I'd go for, for Charlie first. Not many people would argue with that. Yeah, Rob, who'd you go for out of interest? Who would I go for? That's actually tough, you know. I think you're not far off with Fred Davies. Um, like you say, big hooker and the tries he scored, man. What, what did he end on? 21 tries? No, more. It was, more. Was it, it was more? like 23, 24, I think. Yeah. 23, 24 tries from hooker. That is pretty crazy. The 10s are massively important in Buck Super Rugby. I'd have to go Fred Davies, though. I think that, like, mm. what a pickup for Bristol that is. Yeah, the other two that I kind of had in my head outside of that were Will Yarnell and Tom Hitchcock from, mm-hmm. from Exeter Uni. Obviously, again, good nine, game manager, old head, and obviously Hitch going uh, to London Irish, and he scored a pretty good try, I think, in midweek in the Prem Cup, and scored that unreal one in the final against Durham as well, so I don't think you'd go too far wrong having him at 12. Yeah, no, that's the thing, though. There's so many people who could be candidates for that as well. You look at, we haven't mentioned, are you going to say that Chris Tunes uh, counts as a Buxley Brugby player from last oh, year? One game. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say yeah, so I'm taking him. Buzzing, he plays for Wales now. Banging. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is crazy, though, how stuff develops so quickly, especially with Chris. He's gone from playing in Buxley Brugby with Exeter last year. He's a starter for Exeter Chiefs week in, week out now as a as a flanker, which someone might not have expected going into this year. By all means, that can happen to anyone in Bucks Super Rugby if you get picked up by the right club that suits you. Yeah, I think it's awesome to see. Um, obviously, having a few of those boys kind of get picked up by Prem clubs, like Sir Fred, Chris, um, uh, who else? Tom Hitchcock, obviously, going to Irish. It's, it's awesome to see. I think it gives a lot of lads who maybe missed out after playing um, under-18 academy hope that, you know, maybe... That wasn't for me, but three years of developing in, in BSR and then kicking on could be. Um, I know for myself and a few other Knots boys, we're kind of loving seeing all the attention we're getting now compared to what we did last year. I know a few of the boys um, have been getting texts from coaches and scouts kind of asking, you know, you know, how old are you? Are you eligible for this? How long have you been? You know, are you affiliated with any clubs at the moment? So it's, it's good to see, mate. I mean, you know, personally, I kind of just think every week when we're going out there, regardless of the result and, and whatever, if you put in, you know, 18, 19, 20 good performances over the season, anything can happen. So I think for a few of the lads, especially the older boys like myself, our two vice captains at Knotts, Cam Furley and Henry Mortimer, they're all kind of looking at kicking on after uni. That's definitely in the, the kind of back of your mind when you're playing. It's absolutely true. And Tom Pearson did an interview, I don't know if you've seen it yet, with um, BT Sport this week. And he was talking about how seeing the likes of Don Brandt and Northmore making it a Quinn's kind of inspired a lot of people that he played with and, and him in particular. Do you have those people that you look up to, like the ones that you think if they can do it, you know, we can do it? Yeah, 100%. I think those, like you mentioned, um, obviously Don Brandt's the kind of classic from a Cardiff Met perspective, but there's a few others as well that kind of get spoken about less. I mean, the one that's always been closest to home for me is uh, Freddie Stewart, just because he went, he was um, my year at school, uh, played with him at Tigers and then, um, obviously he went to Loughborough uh, I think he's still at Loughborough technically so you talk about a draft I don't think he's played uni rugby in a while but he'd probably be quite high up on the list yeah, just but, you, know, you see someone league. like that yeah someone like that that um, obviously played a year at Loughborough then went on to play in the champ a bit for the likes of Amp Hill Prem Cup Prem and now you know arguably 
you know, make an argument he's the best fullback in world rugby. And two years Ooh, ago, he was starting for laugh. A couple of Welsh lads up there, you know. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, maybe. Um, but I don't know. We'll see when the Lions comes around how they stack up against him. But I mean, two years ago, I think he was down at Hartbury, you know, down at the Alpass playing for Loughborough at 12. And now he's, you know, looking at England camp this week and, you know, obviously Tigers in the Prem. So, I mean, mate, guys like that, obviously we mentioned a bit more recently, Freddie, Chris going to the, the Prem. It's just awesome to see. And it's great to see that that is now more and more so becoming a genuine pathway, BSR to the Premiership. And that's yeah. great to see. It is testament of the uh, the kind of uni setup. I think Tom was saying in his interview about how at 18, he wasn't maybe physically quite as ready as he'd like to be to maybe set off in, into an academy setup. So he chose that that uni pathway with kind of an open mind. And obviously it ended up being the best decision he ever made. I'm sure you've had a few new boys join now who maybe aren't quite physically there, but technically they've got all the time now to develop at, at uni. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those couple of those boys I mentioned, um, Jamie and Anne and Fred Marr coming from obviously Wasps and Gloucester, they're only 18 years old. And, you know, you look at Fred and he's something like 5, 10, 125 kilos. And you think, Christ, how are you 18? And he puts himself about on the pitch, to be fair to that. And he scrummages as well. But, you know, I I think Gloucester will be very happy because he's now going to get three years playing lads kind of a bit closer in age to him. Whereas when he goes back and plays Prem Cup and he's against some, you know, 31-year-old lad who's kind of missing out on Prem selection. I, I don't think it's good for your development, especially in a position like prop. And similarly, Jamie Anand, you know, being a 10-12 Really good young player, got a good build, um, makes good decisions, kicks well, good boot on him. But you don't need that pressure of being a 10 in a premiership side at 18 years old. You know, not everyone is Marcus Smith and can kind of pick that up and go and, you know, be one of the best, you know, fly halves in world rugby. So the fact that Jamie can come to somewhere like Knott's, play in BSR, play against the likes of Durham and Loughborough in the last two weeks and, you know, stand out as an 18-year-old as one of the best players. And then, you know, he's got an opportunity to go back to Wasps, I think, we saw um, uh, Scotland 20 scout up at Durham who was having some chats with him afterwards, so potentially the chance to go do some representative international stuff as well. But, I mean, that's just, you know, awesome for Jay, uh, awesome for Freddie, and we're very happy to have them involved with us. So, to revert back then to this season's uh, Buck Super Rugby, obviously two wins so far. What are your hopes going into the, well, the tricky next couple of fixtures? <laughs> Um, I think, well, if if we were to make a prediction, it might be a bit different to what I said last week in terms of you going to Durham and maybe not getting anything. But however, it's still going to be a tough run of fixtures. Oh, mate, 100%. I think we went into this block of four and we always said one win, at least one win. Um, obviously, extra at home. We're trying to make Highfield into that kind of fortress that it was last year. So if we've got a chance to give extra good go at home, that'd be awesome. And then the three away games, we kind of thought, oh, Loughborough's not that far away, so it's not, you know, big away day. Lost that one pretty comprehensively and then go up to Durham and give them a really good game. I think it's really rejuvenated the confidence of the team. I mean, we're going, you know, did an S&C session this morning. All the lads are there, lifting weights, looking good. Not too many injuries carrying over. So, billion to Met. I mean, I think goal for Met and, and Exeter is just to try and win both those games if we can. I mean, under no illusions as a captain, they're going to be really tough games. Um, and like I say, I look forward to the warm welcome that we're going to get from the Met Ultras. But <laughs> mate, it's 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 a hard. Every game's a hard game. I know it's a cliche. Um, now Northumbria gone anyway. 
every game is a hard game. <laughs> so we've got to build into the kind of next five before it all flips and we got Leeds, Beckett and Swansea again and just try and win as many of them as we can. Yeah, absolutely. For us kind of looking in on you boys as a team, you're kind of a bit of a, like an unknown entity. And we know kind of the Mets ethos, Swansea's ethos and the way they like to play rugby. Do you have that way you want to play? Do you have that like fixed mentality of the club's ethos, essentially? Yeah, I mean, too much about it as a club. I do think we vary a lot team to team, depending on personnel. Um, one thing, the only thing the club really prides itself on is we call it one ruck because we call ourselves unruck and then one club mentality, just that we, we don't like the idea of the elitism of the first team being above everyone else. Um, so, we, you know, at socials and stuff, it's all mixed teams. Um, all the first team boys, you know, I go down and help on, on a Friday night at fives training. Um, so do the other first team like scholars and captains. So we're really proud of that. I think in terms of the first team on the pitch, it kind of depends again on selection. I mean, you saw in the first two weeks, Max Brown, uh, 10 is a very different style of 10 to what maybe you used to seeing in BSR. He loves attacking the game line. He loves the kicking game, um, making opportunities for not only himself, but also the lads around him. But on the flip side of that, we've gone up and put 33 points on a really good Durham team because you we had a guy at 10 and Jamie that was kicking the corners, putting the forwards in good areas, um, driving us around the corner really nicely. So, I mean, it's it's different strokes for different weeks, really. But I think the the overarching thing that across all our teams is the tenacity in defence. I mean, we went a couple of sets in the Beckett and Swansea games, kind of 10, 15, 20 defensive phases. Um, and just, you know, I think the the comms was, you know, I think it was Burns, he was talking about like a wall of green shoulders. That's something that we've kind of taken on from from Joe and we're really trying to pride ourselves on is that our defence can be really strong. Um, admittedly, the last two weeks probably haven't shown that. But I think for anyone that was obviously at those two games, I mean, Loughborough, it was kind of, 10 minutes of madness at the end of the first half, we conceded 21 points and that was kind of the game. And similarly at, similarly at Durham, you know, 21-14 up at the half and then come out, concede three quick tries, give um, Paul Brown a bit too much space to operate in and, and that's what happens. Just on, on your players as such, we've obviously watched a couple of games and it's fairly obvious maybe that Max Brown stands out, Draw also stands out probably because of his height. Um <laughs> Is there anyone that we're missing here? Is there anyone that might be slipping under the radar and we're not quite picking up on as much? I'll tell you what, obviously, Brownie and Robert, two real big names, not just on the pitch, but just in the club, two, you know, lovely boys. I think anyone, if you speak to Knotts, will have nothing but good things to say about them. Um, few kind of unsung heroes in the side. Uh, Ed Timpson at seven, who you've not seen much of yet because of injury and illness, is a quality player. Um, he won our Players Player of the Year last year and Guy, yeah, he's one of the best sevens I've ever played with. Um, Archie van der Fleer at Loosehead Props been a bit of a revelation this year. He's um, Josh van der Fleer's cousin and he, he came to us a few years ago. He's in third year now and he struggled a bit um, coming off the bench a lot and, and couldn't find his place in the team. He came in as a back row, moved to the front row. But this year, I mean, he's been standout four games on the bounce for us. Our scrum's been a lot more solid. He's given us, you know, good... Uh, good value in the driving mall as well. I think I looked at the stats yesterday, had something like 15 carries up at Durham, just getting us front football. So those two boys in the forwards. And in the backs, Connor, Connor Moisey. Um, scored a couple of tries against Beckett, a couple of tries up at Durham uh, Wednesday. I think he's our top try scorer now. Got four or five, so he must be 
he's open to push for the league lead, he tells me. But we'll have to um, put in a few more good performances for that. But, mate, to be honest, I mean, we spoke about that Durham game and having a weaker side. And I said to my dad, I think it was off the cuff, oh, we're missing six of our 10 players. And he was like, oh, who are your best 10 players? And I kind of named about 14 or 15. <laughs> and was like, we've actually got a lot of really good players when we're all fit. So, you know, obviously lads like Brownie that do the flash stuff and, and Rob when you're, you know, almost seven foot tall, you do get a bit of the spotlight. But, you know, when we put our best team out one to 15, we are really solid. We've mentioned him a few times, right? How tall is Rob? Because I've heard seven foot, I've heard six ten. He had a seven two the other day. <laughs> Don't know who goes quite that far. Do you? Have you no, Rob, Rob is out? six. Uh, we haven't, but Rob is six foot ten. He's listed by Tigers at six foot ten. But for all intensive purposes, if he's um, charging down a nine's box kick, we will shout at him that he is seven foot. Um, <laughs> On a night out, more impressively. On a night out, if a girl asked him, he's seven foot, I'm sure. But um, what's more impressive is he's got a foot that's a foot long. I think he's got size 15 or 16 feet. And his foot is a foot long. I think that's so what he tells ever, the girls, lad. He ain't worried about his height there. Yeah, he, yeah, well, if you ever got like, you know, you need someone on a night out and you get lost, Rob is pretty handy to have out. So, but yeah, he's also just, a, you know, if you boys ever, if you boys are coming down on Wednesday for the Met game, get a chance to speak to him if he's there. He's just one of the nicest blokes as well. That's another thing that's good about, I think, BSR in general. Like, we're up at Durham post-game on Wednesday. All the lads up there, the likes of, you know, Ewan Murphy, Paul Brown. I was talking to them. They're just really nice boys. And like, I think the fact that BSR not only develops good rugby players, but also is developing good people is just really important. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I was going to say, I've actually got a question for you boys if you want to go kind of back on the air, which is I'd love ooh. to know who you two think, A, from what you've seen so far, is going to be champion? And also from a, a selfish perspective, where do you boys see Nottingham coming this year? <laughs> yeah, Griff? <laughs> Ooh, who's going to be champions? Well, let's be fair, Cardiff Union have had a great start. I don't think they're going to be able to maintain this because I went down to their game on Wednesday. Look, They looked far better than Hartbury for the first 40 and then second half almost, well, a bit of a collapse really to give that game away. Beating Matt, maybe just about scraping the win as well. So you've got a couple of games where it could have gone either way. So I'm leaning away from Cardiff Uni. I'm probably going to go for Durham, you know, again. They're they're just too good. They will get back up there. And Mm. I think they've just got that flair, the power, the pack. It's just at home as well. They don't seem to give anything away. So I'm going to have to go for Durham as champions. We'll go, Rob, go on. You give us your champions first before I absolutely stitch Nottingham over here. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy. Like you say, the fact that all the teams have lost and we're only in round four kind of highlights how difficult. I think Dave will tell you, he he tries to steer clear of predictions as much as he can. Um, For me, though... I didn't think I'd be saying this maybe two weeks ago, but Exeter, they are just phenomenal when they hit their mark. Like, they played against Beckett. You know, we've all had our individual thoughts about how Beckett are going to do this season. But in terms of Exeter, mate, they had tries from all over the park. Like, coffee, bagging a hat-trick, Butterworth, Leather Barrow, all grabbing tries. And you just think, when you've got tries from all over the pitch, you've got a chance. And they picked up a yellow card and didn't even concede 
any points the entire duration. You know, they kept kept the defense solid as well. So they've got Cardiff Uni up next. I think Griff, you mentioned that you don't think they're maybe going to stay in the position they are. I think probably I'd have, I would have to go with Exeter again because in the big moments, lads, they just they just get it done. Like they were trying to defend against having that record of losing three in a row. They've never done that before, and when it mattered, they delivered a pretty impressive performance at King Coyd. We said before how difficult it is to go away to King Coyd and get a result. Gonna have to go extra boys. I I disagree, but well, yeah, you said. I, mean, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. I think they're both good shouts. I'll probably want to end off the kind of trifecta of big three. I think it's going to be Loughborough. Ooh. I don't know if that's just because we, we played them and, and got a bit of a, a showing. But, mate, when Loughborough turn up on their day, I mean, we played about 70 minutes of, well, no, 65 probably, a classy rugby, and defended really well and then turned off for 15 and they scored 35 points. They mm, are nice. brutal. They've got some real talent. And you've got to remember that's all without Teddy Leatherbarrow, their captain, without Henry Lavin one of their best back rowers, you know, without Dan Eckersley, another really experienced BSR back row. And, you know, they you know, we went up to Durham, probably could have beat them if it wasn't chucking it down with rain and, and, you know, at hollow drifts. I think Loughborough are a serious team this year. I think we talk about sleeping giants. Uh, they could be real hot this year. Yeah. What about these teams pick it? We mentioned earlier that Prem Cup weeks could come back to bite these teams with so many top, top players who will just automatically take their chance to play for one of these Prem teams. It's going to be tough for, well, Exeter to stay up there. Loughborough's got a few, Bath have got a few, Hartbury's got a few. It's just going to be difficult for those teams, I think. I definitely agree. The only reason that I've changed my mind on Loughborough, I think in pre-season I had them second or third. But with uh, Worcester, um, obviously really unfortunately going under, and Charlie Titcombe being released back to Loughborough full-time, I think he's going to be really good. I think he'll he will push for the best player in BSR this year again. And I think if he gets Loughborough to first place, along with those guys like Tobias and Teddy, the leaders down there, they'll be, yeah, they'll be a good outfit. I'm really interested to see how they go um, against kind of Exeter, because I don't think they've played Exeter yet, have they? And obviously Durham away, but it'll be interesting to see Durham come down to the crumb kind of December time and see how they go. Yeah, huge games coming up again. Um, before we try and squeeze some predictions out of you, you want to know where we think Nottingham <laughs> are going to finish. And to be fair, mate, I'm looking at the table. Yeah, I'm doing the same. I'm yeah. I'm just trying to calculate. Because you're seventh at the moment. Seven, I'd like to call it joint fourth because that's what it is really. <laughs> <laughs> the, the joint so, fourth. Yeah. Joint fourth at the moment. Fourth. It it mm. just does depend because Hartbury lost their opening game by one point and they haven't looked like a bad side when you watch them. And obviously they beat Cardiff uh, last week. And so if you keep doing your thing, which it sounds like you're going to, you don't seem to care too much about what other teams think of you. You're just here to play your own rugby. Mate, anywhere above that seventh is yours if you want it. I know you said you predicted that you just didn't want to do a Northumbria and not win more than one game. Yeah. Um, you've already done that. So I think anywhere above seven for a few teams. Um, I don't even know that's too harsh. I don't even know that's harsh. I think if if you stay where you are now, seven, that'll be a, a fantastic first season in Bucks Super Rugby. I think I thought before the season started, Swansea might struggle a bit. Leeds Beckett, less said the better. And I, I just think that there is potential for you to take points off some of the big lads when well, big dogs when they come up. 
uh, to your place because at the moment it seems a bit of a fortress and the longer it goes where you win every game at home, the more it plays into the mind of people going there. The mentality people have going down to Kinkoid probably does play to the advantage of Cardiff Met. The fact that it gets into people's heads before they get there is just an extra advantage. Yeah, 100%. I think we're cautiously, you know, obviously you don't want to look ahead because Cardiff Met is going to be a, a massive game and we do want to try our best to go down there and get four or five points. But at the same time, looking forward to our next home fixture, Exeter having to come to Nottingham for two o'clock, that's either a 5, 6am leave or a night before job, neither of which is a Rough. player you look forward to. And then yeah. you come into Notts, we've got hopefully two or three boys that are targeting coming back from injury for that game. You know, vice-captain, Cam Furley, Max Brown coming back hopefully for that one. Uh, Kalen Stanton in the row hopefully coming back for that one. So we got some big heavy hitters coming back for that, which isn't going to be a fun day for Exeter. So, mate, we'll see what happens. But I think, yeah, I appreciate the confidence from you, boys. Seventh or higher is, uh, yeah, you know, probably is, music mate, to my ears. If you finish seventh, right, sixth or seventh, let's say, if you look below you there, you've got teams like Bath, Swansea, Hartbury, Hartbury three times champions. If you manage to stick up there, where, more or less where you are now, that's a hell of a season because the boys above you, Cardiff, Loughborough, Durham, Exeter, Met, if you're finishing in the middle of those, middle of that pack, above the big names we mentioned, you 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 have to you have to take that lad. <laughs> oh, mate, a hundred percent. I mean, I think if, like I was saying to you, but I think if you'd have said to anyone that Nottingham are going to come into BSR and stick thirty three points on Durham at Hollow Drift, you'd have, <laughs> you know, laughed your nut off. I mean, regardless of the fact they did put forty nine back on us. You know, just the fact that we could forget attack. About well, that. Forget that, yeah. Yeah, forget <laughs> about that. That's irrelevant. We scored 33 points against Durham, which, you know, post-game was, you know, point from myself and, and Paul, our head coach, that we were just immensely proud of. Um, so, you know, stuff like that, stuff that, you know, beating, you know, ending Swansea's, uh, well, I guess Matt ended Swansea's winning streak, but then continuing, you know, following on seven games at the end of last year, start of this year, two losses. Um, you know, obviously Hugo Staffson, the coach down there, is really highly regarded by all the people in BSR, really. So, mate, I think we're really happy that we're turning up. Um, I think there was a real worry. And, you know, I personally had a lot of chat from from mates saying we're going to be a yo-yo team straight up and straight down, especially after we lost to Trent in pre-season. But, mate, I, you know, I've got to say, seventh at the moment, chance to go down to Cardiff Met and cause an upset, chance to Alex to come to us and cause an upset. It's good fun and it's nice being the underdog where, you know, every game it's like, well, teams are expecting to beat us. Let's go and put a, put on a show for them. Yeah, and the th you mentioned as well, you played Northumbria, obviously, to get up into the league and kind of seeing the difference between you boys and them, seeing what, you know, they had a tough time in the league. I don't think anyone is disputing that. But was that the first vote of confidence in you boys that you, you knew you were at least better than them? Yeah, it was, it was, that was massive, especially. I think the game ended up being 29 26 or something, but we probably could have beaten them quite comprehensively. It was a, it was a rubbish day. We ended up, our bus ended up arriving two hours late. We got a 20 minute warm up. We got put in a little cupboard in Kingston Park. It was proper attritional. And the fact we still went out there and beat them was massive. Um, but yeah, it was that. And then we also did like a joint training session with Loughborough in preparation to play Northumbria. And we actually probably were better that day than Loughborough, probably because their season was over and we were still building towards something. So we were obviously all on that high and they'd kind of, I think, just lost Durham uh, and BSR. So that semi-finals, they were a bit low. 
But, mate, stuff like that, it just gives you confidence and you build in. And obviously, first 30 minutes when we played Beckett, we were a bit shaky. And then rest of that game, you know, boys are on fire. 50 minutes of really good rugby, win that game. Swansea probably put together 60, 70 minutes of really good rugby, win that game. And then, like I say, losing to Loughborough, although it wasn't the best scoreline in the world, I think we nilled Loughborough for 40-odd minutes. And if you, you know, take out kind of 15 minutes where they were, all over us, the score, you know, is actually probably quite respectable. So, yeah, mate, lots of positives. Every week, there are lots of positives. And and like I say, Cardiff Met is an exciting challenge. I mean, personally, I'm just like you, you boys talk about King Coy, just excited to see the atmosphere that, you know, Cardiff Met are going to bring. Um, and it'll be interesting as well, because obviously across the, uh, the the border in Exeter, they're doing the uh, Anglo-Welsh clash. So it will be uh, interesting to see how the Met Ultras react to that and wanting to put on their own show uh, in Cardiff. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be sick. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure. I've heard a lot, so I'm interested to see it in person. I just hope they don't um, rip into me too much, but I'm sure that isn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so just before, we won't keep you too much longer. I know you do have to uh, do some coaching today, are you? Yeah, a bit of coaching down at um, Nottingham Rugby. Um yeah, looking forward to that. And then watching, hopefully, them get a good win over Richmond, which is interesting because a couple of our alumni that are in the year above me are playing for Richmond. Uh, Zoom, Michele and Jake Monson, both on the bench, which is great to see that kind of uni of Nottingham boys that weren't even playing in BSR, you know, getting appearances in the champ. Just before you go, we'll uh, try and get some predictions out of you. And I was going to let you off with predicting your own team's oh, no. uh, game but it is Cardiff Met Griff as well so it's a tough it's a bit of a rough one for Griff as well we'll yeah. go with <laughs> this is harsh for, for both uh, of us we'll go with instinctive picks then rather than having to justify it in case something does come back to bite you the first game of round five then is Bath Durham we'll start with Griff and give, give you some time to think James uh well just the just the, just result, the result not the score oh Mate, well, we'll do you know what? We'll sack off the score because if we've learned anything, it's that you can't predict the score in Bucks rugby, lads. Sound. <laughs> I'm happy that we're sacking off the score because <laughs> I would have been right if I said Durham were going to win last week, but I tried to. I know the listeners can't see James right now, but since I said he's doing predictions, he's, he's got his hand over his face. Deep thought is going <laughs> 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 Who doesn't he want to annoy? Go on, Griff. Uh, Durham, Bath. Durham, Bath. I'm going to go Durham, but I think Bath might have a losing BP. Nice. Yeah, I think that's fair, James. Is it at Apollo Drift or down it's, in Bath? Yeah, it's down Bath at Bath. home, yeah. Bath at home. You know what? I think, like I said to you boys, good friend of mine, Alfie Garside, who's helping captain down at Bath. He's a good player and they've got a lot of good players. Their other captain, Tom, that I met at the media day. I think they'll give him a real good go. And I don't know if Bath have got a Prem Cup game. I think they do. So I'm going to give Durham the nod, especially after watching the way they attacked us. But I think Bath will give him a really good go. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do a number on him. Next one up, Loughborough leads Beckett. Given what we've spoke about so far this season, and especially today, Griff, do you want to make it quick? I think Loughborough are going to win, convincingly. <laughs> Yeah, similar thoughts. I do think Leeds Beckett have got some good players, though. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. About it. The first half an hour when they played you boys in the opening game of the season, I don't know if I was just being optimistic because I was kind of getting an idea of 
how all the teams are going to be. But I thought they had some good players. I don't know if it was just your nerves maybe helped them Mate, a little I, bit. I, I think that's true. But I also think they got these two twins at props, the Hancocks. Yeah. Think, oh, they are both really good. Really they had this good lad at six, Kareem, I think, Khalid Kareem. Yeah. He carries bloody hard. He's a strong old boy. And then uh, their captain, who was playing 12, Barney, he was good. Al Gre- Alex Green, I think he was playing 14. I've played a bit of sevens with him um, in the last few years. He's a really talented player, ex-Warwick schoolboy, so he knows how to win. I just think they need to kind of, you know, it will just take one win and they'll turn it all around, but I don't think Loughborough away is, is that game, sadly. We kind of spoke about that two weeks ago, maybe saying, you know, it only takes one win and they can turn it around. And then you look at the fixtures and you're like, where is that win going to come? Because it's just brutal <laughs> in Bug Super Rugby yeah. this season. Next one up is Exeter Cardiff. Mm, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a good game. That I I'm excited to see, um, you know, the double header down at uh, Exeter. Regardless of what the score is going to be, I think Cardiff they've had a fantastic start. They weren't obviously three from three doing Durham at home. They were better than Hartbury for the first half. Second half dropped off. It just depends on if. <laughs> If their ten Ed Dunford turns up and runs the show again, and he was class once more against uh, Hartbury. Also, uh, their skipper was brilliant as well. And uh, I, I rem- number five, I can't remember what his name was for Cardiff Uni, but shout out to you, number five for Cardiff Uni. Last game we were good as well. Yeah, but is I it Luke think... Pollock, their skipper? Yeah, that's one. Luke Pollock. He's he was... a quality player, lad. He yeah. was. Ca- he's thirteen, isn't he? and he's yeah. he, mate, he was carving through. Yeah, that's what that's the thing with Cardiff. They've got a lot of good individual and they're pulling together as a team this year as well but I think Exeter have they got a Prem Cup week do you know James I think I, well I this week is a Prem Cup week but obviously with Wasps and Worcester dropping out uh, I don't yeah. know if they will but I mean even last week which again was a Prem Cup week Ollie Leather Barrow Dan John and all those boys still made the uh, still played against Beckett so I'm not sure they're going to be affected by it and I think with their varsity as well that, that may even Trump the Prem Cup responsibility, at least in the players' eyes. I'll help yeah. you out a little bit, boys. No Prem Cup next week. So, Exeter we'll anyway. Yeah. Uh, James, thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Griff again. I, I know it's 3 3 and it's a bit boring, but I just think <laughs> Cardiff, obviously, they won uh, against a weak Bath in Prem Cup and then, you know, beating, winning the Cardiff Clash was obviously an awesome thing for them. But you know, I heard a lot of chat that Matt were probably better on the day and got a bit unlucky not to win that one. And obviously Durham, long way to go to Cardiff. I mean, they're doing amazing to be top of the table. But as you boys have said, I'm not sure how long it can last. And I think a a pretty loud Sandy Park with extra on the back of 50 points is going to be pretty hard. So my money's on extra this week. We'll keep uh, the best to last. Hartbree versus Swansea next up. Hartbree, obviously home. Well, I feel like we're just going to be saying the same... Yeah, so but there's one coming here. up, boys. There might be a differential. Which <laughs> oh, no. uh, well, I was going to go Hartbury, but I might go Swansea just to spice it up. <laughs> <laughs> just to spice it up. All right, James, I assume leaning towards Hartbury? To be fair, these are Hartbury is one of the only teams I don't know much about. And I do think Swansea were beating Loughborough down at Helens at half-time, so Swansea might actually be able to do a job on Hartbury. But I think on reflection of results, you've got to back Hartbury just because they're a touch ahead of them in the table. No Prem Cup, so they should be pretty strong. Uh, none of their boys going off to Gloucester. And yeah, I think Swansea, obviously, on the back of, um, you know, four games, three losses, the only wins Beckett. They kind of probably need that 
that one game to kick them into gear because um, they've got a really talented team. And, you know, I think we were quite, the way we beat them at our place was kind of lucky because they didn't really get off the bus and we were just ridiculously up for it that day. But, you know, as a talented team, and I'll tell you what, we're not looking forward to going down to St. Helens because um, we know it's a hard place to go and that they are a good team and they're going to, like you say, they're going to want some revenge. But I think I will, just to go opposite of Griff, I'll go Hartbury. I think they'll edge them out just, especially at home. And then the last one, boys. Cardiff Met versus Nottingham at King Coyd. Yeah, well, I'm really sorry, James. <laughs> Come on, I'm Griff, really say it. Sorry, just, say it. But just say it, bro. Rip the band-aid off. I think it Met are going to be... Uh, pretty pretty decent in this game they've lost technically their first two home games despite one being at the arms park the other being against exeter at home they just they just won't be ready to lose another one at home the boys will be pumped up for it i'm sure this podcast will get them pumped up as well we hope. <laughs> <laughs> so griff's essentially said that met are gonna rip you apart james uh... yeah. <laughs> i did think it was interesting two blokes with the vested interest of cardiff met invited me onto the podcast the week we were playing them so <laughs> i had a feeling that was coming but um nah obviously i'm coincidence lad coincidence bro. yeah coincidence <laughs> nah i'm gonna back the boys i think scoring 33 points up at durham um like i say i don't think any team's got a bonus point try but try bonus point up there since covid so the fact we did that shows where the attacks are i think we had a really young team hopefully one or two boys coming back from that and like i say um we're not here just to make up numbers as a side i think we proved that in the first two weeks and although king is going to be a hard place to go down to and you know you've got to respect cardiff Met, great team historically really strong team in bsr i'm going to give nottingham the nod i think we got We've got a win in us in the next two weeks and I wouldn't mind it being down at King Coyd. I think the reaction of the crowd, if anything, would just be the best thing. I'll Mate, tell you what, the reaction of the crowd would be mental. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The bro. silence would be beyond deafening, I think. But like I, you know, like I say, all respect to Matt. I think they are a really strong side. And I think regardless of who wins, it's going to be a close game and a really good game to watch. Uh, so those people that do try, like, come down to King Coyd or watch the stream are going to be in for a treat. If you bag that uh, victory next week, lad, that celebrity lifestyle you've been talking about uh, might go up a little bit more in don't, the coming weeks. Don't, I've not been talking about a celebrity <laughs> lifestyle. You know that's not true. Comes one on. person yeah, asked for boys. a photo one time and it was very nice of them and I felt very embarrassed. But yeah, I'm sure I'd be more infamy down in Cardiff um, at King Coyd if we were to beat them than famous. But yeah, it'd be fun anyway. <laughs> Awesome, mate. Thanks very much for joining us. We've kept you from training long enough. Uh, we'll hopefully see you next week and uh, all the best. Yeah, sounds good, lads. Cheers for having me on and yeah, look forward to seeing you on Wednesday.